Welcome everyone to the Critical Strike Podcast, episode 33, a little two-man show with some guests sprinkled in here towards the end. Uh, happy to have you here with us, Enrique DeMora here with Michael Kelly as life and worlds and playoffs all approach and intertwined into a big, big mess. Uh, we we two man did mention get an episode out here uh, and hopefully with enough, I don't know, insight, entertainment, yes, to, to tide you over until, uh, uh, until a couple finals, a couple regional finals are played. Although it feels like it feels like the important stuff, at least in the LEC and the LCS, has kind of already been decided, which is those world slots. Uh, but the championship still matters, I guess, right? Yeah, kind of. Happy episode thirty-three, Hank. I threw up the three-three. Yeah, I saw. It, I'm man. not. I'm not sure if this is a gang sign. It could be <laughs> somewhere. It's okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely does feel underwhelming, to say the least. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly because like. There's a bit of tournament left to play, but how can you get more hype than G2 and Fnatic and Cloud9 TSM for the last spots at Worlds? Yeah. Like, I, there's obviously more to be said and done, but in terms of, like, hype and excitement, it's hard to get really stoked for Grand Finals when we've had the most hype possible matchups in literally years. Yeah. Like, last week. So, next week, I'm hoping we get some bangers, but... I'm not looking particularly forward when there's a lot to look back on just from this past week alone. Yeah, I find it hard to be invested, like really, really invested. Uh, Like right now, it's just kind of like you see who falls into play-ins and, you know, I guess who, you know, if Mad Lions can get back-to-back titles, that's cool. Um, It it, it does feel like you have to inject, at least me anyway, I had to inject a few more kind of artificial, not artificial, but like not as readily apparent storylines into these last couple, right? Like I was listening to the dive and, they were talking about like, oh, you know, like TL Hundred Thieves, like that's like you know a, a revenge thing because like they bounced into lower bracket, and then there was like the twenty eighteen uh, final. Or, no, they didn't bounce into lower bracket. I lied. Uh, but C nine TL, you know, it's a rematch of the spring finals and stuff. And I'm just like, eh, like I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't find myself getting quite as hyped. But, but what a day that I guess it was Saturday was, or was it Sunday? Sunday, Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, where you had Gen GT one in the morning into G2 Fnatic, which had unbelievable viewership numbers. I think it peaked out at like, maybe it was LCK that peaked out at like eight, 900 K mm-hmm. across all platforms. And then uh, LEC, LEC was doing crazy numbers and then cloud nine TSM. Uh, but I do think it is cool that, and, and maybe this is just me on, on the hopium. So tell me what you think is that for the first time in a while, I felt like of the top five LCS teams, every team, you could make a argument and wouldn't have to be stretched that far to say like, oh, they like they deserved to go to Worlds on some bearing. Like I would have, you know, if one of those teams was my last hope, I would have varying degrees of confidence, but I'd have a, as much confidence as any other team. Yeah, for but, sure. Like, I, like the top half was super like anyone could beat anyone. Yeah, I think it's mainly because the top half of the LCS and the top half of the LEC, those respective top fives are on different planets compared to their respective bottom fives. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the margin of difference between a team like Team Liquid, who is the fifth seed, and a team like Dignitas, who is the sixth seed, it's literally night and day. And the same goes for the LEC, and a lot of leagues around the world, too. Um, I feel like many, many domestic competitions in League of Legends this season are pretty top-heavy, which is not a bad thing, because you only send the top teams to Worlds anyway, so cool, we get to watch some good teams play each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you said, I would not be relatively upset if TSM made it to Worlds, I wouldn't be that upset if G2 made it. They all have their varying degrees of, I guess, watchability. And yep. they have their, I guess, credibility is a better word. They are both watchable um, to an extent, but I think they are more credible more than anything else. So, I, yeah, I do like them. Um, it's a shame they're not going, but hey, only three teams get to go. So it is what it is. And let's uh, let's get into kind of the... We'll, we'll talk predictions here in a bit, but... Uh, ramifications uh consequences of this last especially the g2 fanatic series uh i gotta tell you i i I was happy that fanatic won personally just my own biases uh and the storylines wrote themselves obviously reckless getting knocked out by his you know old team and then niski getting to go to worlds as the guy that got booted from cloud nine because of perks's departure that sell these chain events in emotion Mm -hmm. uh the new rivalry you know in g2 and uh, rather rogan mad are the other two teams but G2 to me felt like 
I still thought they were going to make it. And they felt kind of like cloud nine in that at their ceiling, I still, and again, this, and this, this sounds kind of like, oh, could have, should have, would have, yeah, like, you know, oh, at their ceiling, but they didn't play their ceiling. And yeah, they didn't. But at their ceiling, I still take those five guys. Like, I feel similarly about cloud nine. If they played their best, I would, if, and that was my team representing my region, I would take them almost instantly over anyone else. G2? G2. 100%. G2 is a funny, funny scenario because um, they are a team that is built for the international stage. And when they don't make the international stage, it looks bad. You know what I mean? I mean, you have guys here who have all been to world finals as recently as two, three years ago. So, like, when you build a team of this caliber, you expect to get back there and potentially win. I recall it was either on this show or in an offhand discussion we had early in the season that if this team doesn't at least make world finals, let alone win it, it's a failure and the team should be blown up. I want to know, do you still hold that idea? Do you still think that should happen? I mean, I think some changes have to be made. I think some changes should be made because this doesn't feel like, oh, you need like a whole year to gel because this is just a one-player swap. This is just reckless for perks, right? Like the vibes on that team or whatever – magical voodoo they had in 2019 that propelled them to be the, the sum of their greater than some of their parts they still got 80 percent of that in theory right mm-hmm. um nelson in theory should have you know brought more experience and whatnot but um i mean something's going on there like and, and it could i suppose just be oh perks really was and the more and more the further we get from her, the more we're going to realize how big of a part of that team perks actually was and i'll buy that i i think that that is extremely valid um but even like I, I don't know, I, I'm in like a weird state of not vindication because like I'll never. I'm waiting for like five, ten years from now when the documentary comes out and we get to see what the heck actually happened to this G two team. Um, but I didn't know if Reckless was going to be a good fit. He felt like like as a person, he felt kind of too serious for what G two were trying to do. I don't know, like even like and and and, and like I'm definitely reading too much in this, but like they were like. There, there was like a mic check, I think, from this most recent series where, you know, Reckless was kind of like trying to like serious everyone up. Right. He was just like, all right, guys, let's do this. You know, clear mental. Right. And he was like, and Yankos just interrupts him. He's like, he's like, wait, do you guys want to touch each other now or later? <laughs> no, no, the fist bumps. I meant the fist bumps. Right. And I was, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it looks, if they would have won, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. Mm-hmm. So this is a little bit of results based analysis, but. Fanatic clearly have you know whatever G two don't uh, and I mean yeah I, th- I think that I guess to, to answer your question in a very roundabout way um, I think making World Finals if, if they didn't make World Finals I don't think it would have been like an abject failure just because I think like too much can go wrong you better get a bad draw etc um, like G two even last year I think they would have gotten the World Finals if they met anyone but Damwon in that semi um, so they ran into the eventual World Champs I think they would have beat Suiting in a best of five um, but so, you know, from that perspective, I don't know, but you had to at least get out of groups and they're not even going to the planes. So yeah. I think there's a pretty cataclysmic failure, uh, but I hope that it sparks. And I think certain, certain events in NA have happened too that I think could and should hopefully spark a discussion around that you can't just buy talent and expect it to work. You mm-hmm. need something else. Now, look, the teams that spent the most in the LCS are in the playoffs except for TSM. So... You know, I, I think it's gradual, but you can't just plug and play anything. Not in not in League of Legends. No, yeah. I mean, you look at G2, I don't think Reckless was the problem by any means. I mean, no. statistics alone, the guy's an MVP caliber player. He's having one of the best seasons of his life. I mean, the guy's Asian like fine wine. So you can't really look at him and say, well, you know, the one-for-one one swap was the issue. Because you're right, 80% of the parts that were there when they were a world final caliber team are still in place. You have to wonder, is it a mentality thing? Is it a coaching thing? I really don't know. And you make a great point about plugging and playing because, yeah, I mean, G2 took the one guy who was the thorn in their side for so long, put him on their roster, and lost. So, I mean, when you look at a situation like that, it's it's not ideal, right? I mean, here's a team that could have could have realistically won Worlds if everyone played to their ceiling. And nobody yeah. came close. I, no. I want to see if just... It's not going to happen. Changes are going to get made, most likely. 
But I want to know if these five guys can come back together, play another season, gel with experience with the new AD carry and like kind of get just get on the same page. Because it looked like every time G2 took the stage this season, they were feeling things out in some regard. Mm -hmm. I want to know if they can get back to that well-oiled machine state. Maybe they can like actually reach their ceiling, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Hey, Crit Strike listeners. It's Meg here phoning in, I think, a day late after the original recording. I unfortunately couldn't make it this week, but I hope you all missed me. And if you didn't miss me, just don't tell me. Just let my ego live without that knowledge. But the guys on this week's episode talked a little bit about um, what this kind of historic G2 loss means for the G2 organisation in Europe and how not going to Worlds will affect how this org looks at its future development. And I think something that's really interesting is something that's been brought up a lot with regards to G2 is how they tend to buy, not grow talent, which is something that's actually becoming more and more uncommon in EU and in the LEC now, is that people are much more likely to invest in their own ERL teams and build talent that way, whereas G2 has infamously been memed on for just using Fnatic as their their academy team and acquiring talent from other teams in order to build their brand rather than necessarily building, and I use heavy quote marks on that, that talent themselves. And I think that's interesting because there's kind of starting to become a stigma around that. It's kind of being seen as like the NA way of building a team because talent growth through ERLs is so valued in Europe. And I do definitely think that G2 is going to have to start changing their ways because we can see that the system that they currently have is starting to fail them. They've had two splits of surprisingly lackluster performance and something's clearly wrong, right? Like something is not working for this team. And I don't know where they start with this because they have, G2 has um, G2 Arctic, their academy team. But I think if G2 really want to commit to bringing up young players, it's going to be a step back. You're not going to have these famous names that G2's kind of built its branding on. And I think G2 has now reached the point as an organization where the name of the organization is big enough and the brand is big enough to carry I'm going to say no-name players. That's kind of a mean thing to say, but I think you'll know what I mean when I say it. The organization has built up a reputation where their brand alone can carry the brand value of these no-name players. And they've built that brand off the back of players like Yankos, players like Caps, players like Perks, players like Wonder. And then they can use that brand when these players are gone. They can use that to bring up the next generation of incredibly talented players without losing the fandom that they've worked so hard to build. Do I think we'll be seeing a complete G2 shakeup in the offseason? Not as much as I think a lot of people think. I don't think the entire team's going to get blown up. We're going to have completely new players brought in. Of the players on this team, I think it would surprise me the least if Jankos or Wanda were to retire, just because both of them have been around for so long. I don't think they would go to another team at this point, although I'm more than happy to be proven wrong on that. But I think we will see some changes. I think there will be minor, and I think we might see one young or new player being brought in. But that was my three minutes and exactly 30 seconds of hot takes. And I don't know where Hank's going to splice this into the podcast, but I'm going to say I'll hand you back over to the guys on Crit Strike so that he has to splice it in somewhere that's not right at the end. Bye, guys. No, I, I, I don't think we, I don't think this is, I don't think we see the, these five on the same team after no. this year. Um, I don't think they get rid of Reckless because that would be a colossal and I think bad idea admission of defeat. Um, yeah. Carlos doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to admit defeat that easily. Um, it would make for hilarious memes, if nothing else. It would be unbelievable one year wonder like would it be worse than the elements debacle or no in your eyes 
I just swapping out reckless. No, if they like, if they blew up all five, yeah. If he yeah. just if he just wholesale was like, nope, we're gonna start from scratch. Then I think no, because then you've set a precedent that not making worlds isn't good enough, and like how you're gonna react is like a kid in a you know a kid throwing a temper tantrum is gonna break it because you yeah. don't like it. Um, and that and Carlos is a smarter guy than that. There's, mm-hmm. there's no way. Like he stuck he stuck with perks for five years and built around him, yeah. right? So I, I think he's smarter than that. But uh, um, there was an interesting uh, eh, actually. Mm, it was an interesting conversation. I'll, I'll keep it, it brief. I don't, I don't know if you, uh, as, as the burnout conversation was making its way around social media recently, um, mm-hmm. uh, Nelson, G2's coach, who came from the PCS uh, and, and other regions, I think in the region of the PCS, uh, he went on the LPL's version of the dive, where it's just a couple casters they get you know guests on and stuff. Um, and he was kind of talking, he, he brought up the point about like how doing B, he said a couple weeks ago, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm older, so I've got a practice more hours in a day than you know uh than, than the young kids do and you know and he, he was kind of like saying you know so the cast was kind of like yeah what do you think about this discussion about like you know burnout because that doesn't seem like it's a sustainable thing and nelson kind of said in you know in more words like like do you want to be the best that's what you got to do yeah and, which I, I find it very very ironic go on i i'll and no i, I like I, I don't really have anything to say on it and it's like again if g2 had made worlds because it wasn't just like you lost one best of five. There, 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 were, there was a cascade and symphony of mistakes that led to you not even finishing in the top three. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. You, you, you can't get steamrolled like you did. Like the one win, they, the one win they did get against Mad Lions, they looked unbelievable. And I was like, holy crap. Okay, they're back. G two playoff buff, and then Mad Lions swept them. Oh yeah, I just disposed of them. And I like I, I don't know I, I don't even know where what like what my point is with that but like I just bring that up because I do again I do hope that this is just purely my opinion like I hope that again this can drive that 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 the results will drive things into a healthier place don't buy talent don't you know slam practice for the sake of practice work smart not hard even athletes like LeBron Tom Brady right they're not the best they're the best because they're obsessed but they're not the best because they're out there shooting for 10 hours in the gym yeah, LeBron gets eight hours of sleep. He cares about his mental health. Tom Brady treats his body like a machine. The guy doesn't touch carbs. He has like you know one almond a day or whatever. Like all this crap, right? But it's work smart, not hard. Yeah, and it's just this like oh, it's as simple as oh, you know, fifteen hours a day because you got to do it. And so like, I, I'm you 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 talk. I'm, I, I, you don't ha- you don't have to do it. That's the thing though. I, what, I, what I found very ironic was earlier this week, if not last weekend, um, Mac, coach from Mad Lions, appeared on believe it was post-game lobby, if not a regular post-game interview, whatever it was. Um, but it was on the LEC broadcast, and I believe it was Shocks who asked him about the burnout discussion and how he mm-hmm. handles it with his players. And he said, yeah, if it happens, you stop what you're doing as a coach, you address the issues with your players, you halt practices, and you resolve whatever's going on because your players' mentality and health up here is more important than anything they do on, on the screen. Like it's, it's everything to keep your players in tip top mental shape. And I find it very ironic that Nelson said that because here's a team that's in fourth place, not taking care of their players, mental health. And the team that's fresh off a championship has this priority number one. So like, yeah, there is like a bit of an, a bit of a difference. And I think it should go, it goes to show that you should prioritize mental health above all else, especially in a game where there aren't many physical aspects. Like it's no. esports. You don't have to be in like, you know, the condition where you are eating one almond a day. Because everything is up in your head. And the stronger of a mentality you have, the better of a player you're going to be. Yeah. No, yeah. like it, And like you said, it's just selfish. It's not even this, like, altruistic, like, oh, like, well, you know, which I believe is true that, oh, you know, mental health is more important than, you know, anything else. And, like, at the end of the day, look, it's just a game. Like, you know, just take care of your take care of people first. But also, if you want the best results out of your players, if all you care about is winning, mm-hmm. take care of your players because they will perform better. All right, and you moving on to LCS, or LCS rather. Uh, let's start with TSM. Uh, is it is it a failure? Is it a failure, and how bad is it? What do you retool? It's definitely a failure. Like no questions asked. I mean, if you spend this much money and you assemble the Avengers of free agents, you're supposed to at least <laughs> make the third seed. But like, I don't know, man. Fourth place isn't good enough, especially after finishing first in the regular season. I'm not sure where you blow things up. Because, like, you don't really have to because your individual players are pretty good on their own. I mean, your solo laners are 
among the best in the LCS. Yoni and PoE are very, very strong. They're still really talented veterans. You're obviously building your team around Spica and Sword Art because of the contracts they have and the amount of publicity they've gotten as players. That's your core. So, like, yeah, you could technically upgrade your solo laners, but if I'm looking at any position I want to upgrade, it's ADC. I mean, I like Lost. I think he had his good moments. He had a great series against Cloud9 for what it's worth. Yeah. But, man, it's just too many inconsistencies for me to say, yeah, this is the guy we're going to move forward with. If I'm TSM, I want a veteran AD carry at the, you know, in the bottom lane alongside Sword Art, someone I know I can win a championship with who's been there before, but it's just hard to find someone like that. Bring back Turtle. Don't have to use an import slot. That's really, I mean, the one guy who I'd be like, yeah, that's the, the gung-ho veteran who like you want on the team, but I don't think that's the answer for TSM. It's very far-fetched. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the answer? This how, is how do, you, how do you how do you GM this roster? This is the yeah. toughest. This is the toughest roster GM because like mm-hmm. things look so good, but then you put on the yeah. glasses and you're like, man, they really could. I don't know. It's like it's hard because it's like it, like like to me, it's like. I, this feels like almost as ideal roster as you can make. I mean, like yeah. you said, the one glaring kind of, you know, oh, and it's not even a shot on loss. Like, loss is a good replacement level AD carry. And like you said, against Cloud9, like, when it mattered most, he balled out. He played a very good series. Yeah, he He's did. young. He, he can develop. But, so it's like, all, all those guys except for Lost have a shot for all, have a shot for all pro. And I think maybe all of them did make all pro, if not, like, have an argument. So it's like, even if I do, even if I do everything short of taking a player from TL Hunter Thieves C9. Do I beat TL Hunter Thieves C9? I don't know. I don't, I don't think do. so. I, I... How how hard do you think TSM management is kicking themselves now for trading away tactical? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a player you could have had. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine the TSM roster with that hard of a positional upgrade? Like that's yeah, yeah. they're a much yeah. better team on paper. There's really no, nobody out there who many teams would be willing to part ways with. You know, the only guys I can think of who are residential North American players and could be potential upgrades at the 80 carry position for TSM are Neo and Johnson. But I can't get excited because, you know, no. you're not getting Tactical, who's mm-hmm. an American player. You're not getting Danny. God's name. You're not getting mm-hmm. Danny. You're not getting uh, FBI. There's no way you're prying him from 100 Thieves. Like, there's players out there who are better, but you're not getting them for free. And in some cases, you're not getting them at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the, like, even to Neo, it feels lateral. Like, yeah. that's not, that, 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 that doesn't feel like it'll solve your problems. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe, uh, yeah, I, I do not want to be team's manager right now because the right thing to do feels like nothing. But you can't, like, but on paper, running back the same roster that, like, okay, if you, if you try the same thing 50 times, you get the same result. You know, don't be surprised when you get the same results. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But is it broke? And uh, I don't know. We'll see how the other teams know. retool. But it's going to be an interesting offseason for TSM. And I think fans will be very upset if they do nothing, but it might just yeah. be the right move. Because this, yeah. this feels like a roster where it needs a year to gel. Because all five of these guys, despite their immense experience, I mean, Hooney's been around since the dawn of time. Sorat's <laughs> been around even longer. I mean, these guys have been around the block. Like, they're not rookies like Lost is. But mm-hmm. the majority of the roster has played Pro League for quite some time. But none of them played together prior to yep. this season. And with a rookie head coach as well, it's like, man. That's a good point. This is a good team with a lot of good pieces, but literally zero synergy prior to 2021 it's a miracle they got first place in the regular season i mean i'd be interested to see what they do given a second year together very interested yeah no i i I would be too but i think to your point i don't know if the people that can make those decisions not not have that kind of patience but like would be able to there's not a knock on them as people but like handle the pressure if the fans like you said just got impatient because i'd be surprised like you're, you're a New Yorker. You know Yankee fans. TSM fans feel like Yankee fans. Oh yeah, right. that's yeah. that's pretty spot uh, on, actually. Yeah, they they uh, they want it all and they want it now. <laughs> yep. Hello, Critical Strike Podcast. My name is Ethan Garcia, and this is my first time here. So, treat me with a warm welcome or not, in your choosing. 
I think today I'm going to go ahead and talk to you a little bit about the LCS Championship this weekend that we're all looking forward to, or not, uh, but particularly focusing in on Cloud9, uh, which I think is really an important factor that we need to discuss here for not only the LCS Championship, but the World Championships as well. When we think about you know the top teams in NA, we usually think of the big three. We think of TSM, Team Liquid, and Cloud9. Of course, this year we're able to think a little bit more about other teams like Evil Geniuses and 100 Thieves who have really shown up and shown out uh, and exceeded all expectations. And as we can see with 100 Thieves, you know, are taking that to the next level by being in the finals of the LCS Championship and qualifying for the World Championships for the first time in years. Uh, but we're looking at Cloud9 and they really, they really, really have stuck out like a sore thumb over the past split since MSI, there's just been something something wrong with the team, with the team synergy, the team synergy that we've known them to have for so long between, you know, Labber in the jungle and in particular that bot lane is not involved in. It's really disheartening to see, you know, this is probably coming from me as like a filthy support main that only plays enchanters, but Sven and Vulcan, since they're since coming to Cloud9, have really made an impact. They do really, really well together in that bot lane, and have really shown up and shown out like the rest of the team. That's sometimes been the most important parts, as we've seen in the LCS lock-in tournament with Sven getting you know two pentacles. But looking at Summer Split, it's like since MSI and then Sven being subbed out for King and then subbed back in, it's like what happens in that bot lane? There's something wrong that we can't see that we don't know why we still don't know why Sven was taken out. We don't know exactly what's going on there, but there you, you look at Sven and Vulcan who have been in the LEC and the LCS and then now it's like they're not even qualifying for the for NA's pro teams A or B like one or two. And you just have to question why aren't they standing up to that you know, the rest of the LCS, what what has happened? How are they how is how are their performance influenced by the other players that have really come and taken names in the LCS. And then I think definitely my focus shifts over to Blabber, who we know Blabber has been such an such an important factor on Cloud9 for for over a year now and has gotten that MVP title so many times and helped him get that Spring Split championship. But what what what's happened since then? Blabber used to be able to solo carry that team, but now Cloud9's days of solo carrying has become more of a one person falls off and the rest of the team falls off. It's really come down to can Blabber get his hands on Olaf or Nocturne? And if he can't, then, well, the team isn't going to be focusing on Jungle Pryo. There, then it comes down to Fudge, who I think we all really have thought is the best player on Cloud9, hands down, this year. And that's saying a lot considering how we saw him perform in Lowakian and the, most of the spring split, where we didn't think he'd be at this level, but now is performing at the top level of NA talent and running in that spot for the MVP of the, of the summer split. And you just look at that and you're like, wow, what has happened to this team that I've constantly put in contention for top three teams in NA? They now are looking like probably a third seed finish against... Probably, probably losing to uh, to 100 Thieves in the, in the the before the finals of the of the LCS Championship and making it to Worlds. I know they're looking forward to returning to Worlds after a year, but it's really difficult as a fan to look at C9 as a team as a whole and not think to yourself that there are going to be issues within individual roles that are going to impact the team as a whole because that has been a huge trend with C9 over the past split and and an MSI. I just that fire that C9 once had is now has now been, you know, extinguished by a hundred thieves and Team Liquid who are by far the teams to look out to look out for in the LCS championship and worlds unless Cloud9 pulls something together and pulls those strings that they need to once again progress through the world championships and, and possibly, you know, perform the best they've ever done. But we'll have to see. That's just my thoughts. Not entirely sure how Cloud9 is going to do, obviously, but definitely that team is looking like a little bit of an outsider compared to the other two. It should be interesting to see how either... 100 Thieves or Cloud9 manage a third seed because the play-in stage could be particularly unforgiving if you are unprepared. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. no, it, it, it could be really spicy. Yeah. Cloud9 has proven as recently as this year that uh, teams like Pentanet and teams adjacent to Pentanet GG are a bit of, a bit of an issue. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, do you think that uh, that the three best, to wrap up LCS and OC, do you think the three best teams from each region are going to Worlds? Yes, I do. I do. Um, I LC- LCS in particular. It's more obvious with LCS. Mm-hmm. You know, because I do like EG and TSM, but they are obviously outclassed on paper, I think. Um, LEC, you could make an argument for G2 being a top three team. Sure. 100%. There's, there's a lot of gray area there. But I think if you've watched the games closely this season, you would know that, like, yeah, just Fnatic looks better. And Fnatic deservedly won that best of five on Sunday. Mm. What do yeah, you think? No, that, I, I, I think so, too. Yeah, I think just right now, those are the best teams. And I think that Cloud9, I think they want some, you know, like they, they have they have a lot of their players individually have a ton of international experience. I, I was shook when I remember when I kind of they, they said on the desk that this is Sven's first time going to Worlds in NA. Yeah. Like a, as an NA representative. Yeah, he's been here since 2018 and TSM didn't make it, so. Exactly. Yeah. Can I ask a hy- can I ask a hypothetical out of you real quick? Let's do it, please. Let's say if G2 did make it, okay, and went as Europe's play-in team. Mm. How far did they go? I think because they got, I think because they get that play in, I think that is where seeding would start to matter. Um, because, yeah, I, th- I think they would get out of play ins. I, I just think, I, I, I feel, I feel like them getting them losing in play ins would be worse than what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like because this isn't like you know the four seed of Europe, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, you have to, you have to dig a little deeper into the barrel. These are all young kids. It's like, no, these guys were in the World Finals two years ago. They were, you know, they are seasoned veterans, and you lose to you know, Supermassive and Renska. Yeah, right. I, I think that would that would feel worse. That'd be um, bad. That would be very bad. Yeah. But um, I I think if G two win as a third seed, I think they get out of they get out of play-ins, and depending on the draw, I don't like I I could see them not getting out of groups i just think like whatever i don't know if, if it wasn't enough of a buff to even like make the tournament in the playoffs or whatever like i just don't see why like and, and this and this is that funny thing with g2 right you always think well they're gonna figure it out right so it you know the the, the rational i don't know if it's the, that's like i don't know if it's the rational part of my brain or the irrational part of my brain saying yeah but like they'll, they'll figure it out i don't know i don't know i don't know what to think anymore <laughs> because they, like the, their group draw could very easily be it could be FPX, Damwon, G2. Yeah. Which, first and off, like, imagine and, that. And, 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 and another, like, very good team. Yeah. Right. And, and Cloud9, maybe. I don't, I don't know how, the, how pools three and four work, but, like... That is possible. No, actually. Yeah, it is possible. Yeah, it is. I think, yeah, I think if, if LCS play in C gets... I don't know. But either way, like, you know, like... But no, Cloud Nine is not going to be the reason that G two doesn't get out of that group. No, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. What, is what I'm saying. But like, yes. like it could it could be if if T one show up, it could be FPX and Dom one. Yeah, the two last teams to have knocked them out of international competition. That'd be that'd be hilarious. Not for nothing. That would be awesome. Granted, it could that be like, it could be just as like boring on the flip side of that and be like I don't know, you just get matched up against overpowered you know LPO and LCK teams that you have no history with whatsoever and you just lose to regardless. You know, yep. guys like mm-hmm. I don't know. Nong Shim and mm-hmm. EDG, and it's like, well, they just mm-hmm. got outclassed. We're gonna do. Yeah. Granted, both of those teams could very well make worlds and get drawn into a group with actual European teams are going to tournament. Yep. That's who you look out for. But yeah, yeah. Let, let's uh, let, let, let's talk about a uh, little, little little Eastern uh the Eastern regions. Ooh, Fakers back at Worlds. We'll, we'll we'll start there. That's I I think that's very. I thought of something the other day. It was like, people like to say like with the, I don't know, with the NBA, like, oh, basketball's better. You know, basketball's better when the Lakers are good and stuff, which I get why people say that, but, and maybe it's because, I don't know, maybe it's because I like just take on this like victim, you know, whatever. And like my team's been bad for a long time. So like, I don't know, but 
I do genuinely feel like Worlds is better and like everyone is happier when Faker is at Worlds. And maybe the comparisons aren't the same, but I I really, really feel that. I was so happy. Absolutely. I think the the lateral statement like, oh yeah, the NBA is better when the Lakers are good is because a lot of people love to hate the Lakers. That's a very good point. I don't think people hate Faker like that much. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like (laughs) around the world, Faker does not have many haters. Like even like his biggest rivals, even like teams from the LPL and fans of the LPL who have like just been stomped on by Faker for the last decade, they respect it. And they're like, yeah, you know what? He's the GOAT and you live with it. It's like when you're looking at, you know, the Lakers who, if you don't watch NBA, I'm sorry, but like the Lakers have built a disgusting team for no good reason and they're winning left and right. <laughs> because and they can. And it's like, this isn't even fun. Like this, they didn't earn it. SKT, yeah. they earned those wins. Okay. Mm-hmm. SKT didn't buy anyone. They developed everything from the ground up and they had the greatest player of all time right in the middle and you respect it. In, in traditional sports, that rarely, rarely happens. I think that's why it's fun to watch Faker because he's doing it again and he's got a team of young bucks around him and who knows what the ceiling is. Genuinely speaking, this guy could go out on top. Yeah. And that, and, and that gave me chills. Yeah. That gave me chills. That This idea of like how they've just been played by this 10-man roster or whatever, missed out on Worlds last year, would have gone to MSI last year because they dismantled Genji in that final. Oh, yeah. Um, that was... Oh, ah, wow. It felt criminal to watch. Uh, but, no, Faker... Uh, yeah, Faker's back. Uh, and he'll be facing off uh, for the title uh, against Damwon and his old coach. Um, which, again, I think that's another guy that they... From, from what I've seen, it seems... I, I, read, I read something about like some press conference where, um, I don't know, like both teams were talking and they... It seemed like the vibes between, you know, when Faker talked about Coma and vice versa, they know how much they know that, yeah, I don't win those titles without the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of mutual respect. I mean, we're talking about the it's the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick of esports. Like mm-hmm. the greatest but way more likable. So much more likable. <laughs> My God. <laughs> you gotta tell me, bro. Um, but I mean, really, like, yeah. Faker and Comar are the best to ever do it at their respective roles, player and coach. And the fact that they are going up against each other, granted, I'll give I'll give Damwon the edge this weekend because Coma has some really solid tools at his disposal, mm-hmm. and Faker's facing a bit of an uphill battle against oh I don't know Showmaker. I hear he's pretty good, and <laughs> the rest of Damwon who are also okay, I guess. Like <laughs> it's going to be tough for T one. And I think I think they can win if a lot of things go right, but my gut, as it has since the beginning of time, says damn one. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, uh, you think uh, I, I I think three one. I think I think Faker. Yeah. Or, I don't know, not even Faker necessarily. I, I think they could they could take the game. They could sure. do it for sure. Win. Easily. Yeah. And, it, and I've just never believed in Genji. They are just the perennial disappointment team. I think they'll somehow get like a three. So like like the win. I don't know. The win when T one beat Gen G, like that did like I was happy for Faker and all that, but all I could think about was just pervading like Gen G, like I'll believe it when I see it. God, if you from are Gen G. if you are a Gen G fan, God bless you, man. Like, actually, actually, that is such a difficult team to root for because it's it's like every player. And it's crazy because because they are objectively so good, so consistently insane talent on the roster. But where's the but results? There's no- there's nothing to get excited about, right? Like I would, I would rather my team be bad so that I can enjoy like that when on the on the off chance they aren't bad. Yeah. Would you rather be a CLG fan or a Gen G fan? Probably Gen G because at least, yeah. I mean, CLG is a tough one. Like that, they, that, was, that, that, that was a bit of a stress. CLG is tough, <laughs> I man. I, <laughs> I mean, TSM or Gen G is like a decent one to one because neither of those teams really won much in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. At least Gen G goes to Worlds and like does something with their appearances but man like i i can't imagine actively rooting just like because i've been there you know what i mean like i've been there in like my traditional sports teams like well this is the year we got the team and it's like is it bro because you know exactly how it's you can put anyone in that jersey and the same fate awaits them on the side it's like 
You notice that happening. No. Yeah. No. And they've had like the same roster for ever. A couple of years now. And yeah. if we pivot back to our TSM uh, discussion from before about keeping the same roster intact, I can't help but imagine there's a similar fate in store. Uh, if you look at Gen G's formula, and it's like, well, if we keep all the pieces together and let them develop, what next? Who's to say? Granted, I do think Genji will make Worlds this year, but I don't expect much out of them. They're okay, no. but they're not great. No. Like you said, I think it'll be the exact same thing. I think they will get Korea's three seed. I think they will get, make it out of groups and get waxed by WE in the first round. Potentially speaking, yeah. If they if they even do make it out of groups, because there are plenty of teams around the world who can take the task. I mean, honestly, anyone from the LEC can just knock yeah. out Genji really easily, in my opinion. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. They just add nothing. They do excites me. They, they elicit no emotion out of me. It's just it, it, yeah. it's, it's a big void emotionally for Genji. Um, yes, the real fun race in the LCK. One last thing about Korea is Please. the race for the four seed because that's the team that's uh, that's going to play-ins. And yeah. um, I believe Nong Shim is the front runner, if you had to ask. But, like, there are also some guys in that. Hanwha Life is still somehow, like, b- yeah. holding on to Literally, they, they got the 100 Thieves treatment, like, yeah. they, from a couple years ago. It's just off their spring performance. And they just barely got enough championship points. And then DRX just had the capitulation of the century oh, yeah. split. And so... They hopped up here. Yeah, something. It's a pretty weird how it all turns out, but yeah. when when the championship points do get totaled, mm-hmm. that's what to look out for. Regardless, it is very funny how uh, Hanwha Life is still in the mix despite having the ultimate meltdown. Yeah, it'd be it'd be funny if they made worlds. <laughs> I will admit, because I I love that team. I love like the idea of Chovy and Death <laughs> to like just against all odds somehow they just do not go away. But I don't know, man. Yeah. The, the real story in Korea, if we're looking at teams that have a chance, it's the two playing this weekend. And above all else, it's nice to see two of the biggest names in that league. I mean, we've had this discussion on the podcast, if not in a you know off-mic discussion mm-hmm. once or twice. The idea of Showmaker and Faker, like two ages going head-to-head in the Korean mid lane, so sick. Never gets mm-hmm. old to look, look at. Yeah. No, I, I think it'd be really, really cool. Um, I, I would love to see... Uh, I'd love to gather those two do well, obviously. Yeah. I, want, I want to see Faker make it out of groups. I want to see another best of five with him. Uh, be amazing. I don't know if that team... What was that? It'd be amazing. A best of five yeah. Faker at Worlds. Like, just yeah. one last ride, if that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, Alrighty. Uh, yeah, and the LPL is insane because uh, the seven and eight seeds made it into the top four. Um, yeah. LNG and World Elite, WE. Um Still got FPI. I don't, I don't know how much LPL are watching these days. I, I, I kept telling myself with these playoff best of fives that I was going to get up at whatever four or five and watch, and I never did. Yeah, I'm just um, watching highlights. Yeah. Anything anything that stands out? I mean, you can still bank on an FPX EDG final. Like, put bet the house on it, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure we discussed like our picks to win worlds back in January, and I picked uh, FPX, I think was mine. Either FPX or Damwon, if not those two teams meeting in the final. Like, yeah. I'm still on that train, dude. FPX is a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. This team rocks. I love watching them. And, and Nagari still got it. Like, they can win through literally anyone. Mm-hmm. So can EDG, for what it's worth. And yeah. those two teams could just as easily meet in the world final. But That's another legacy org that I'd love to see have another another crack at it. EDG. EDG, man. I love that mm-hmm. team. Love that what team. Is- Where's Gimgu these days, randomly? I'm not really sure. Let me look. What happened to Gimgu? He's, he's a free agent. Huh. He's just he's just chilling. Yeah, he's not uh, retired, but he's not signed, so. That's kind of wild. Yeah. That feels like a personal decision. Like, because there's no way, like, this far removed from winning a world title mm-hmm. that you're just not, like, that feels like, like, that happened because you decided not to. He's play. probably had offers, I imagine. Because oh, yeah. there are so many top laners I'm thinking of in the LPL who get replaced like that by a dude who's won Worlds. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Have him on my team. He's all right. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Um, I think that's more or less uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like as far as recapping results from this weekend, uh, kind of did a rough, rough, uh, rough and tumble predictions here. Any anything? Uh, any last uh, last things you wanted to hit? Um, I guess world's moving locations is kind of big. Yes, yes, you yes, yes. Hit yes, that for exactly. a few minutes. Yes, please. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, you talked about uh, when we were when we were getting on here, home field advantage, um, and that's something that uh, I don't. Was that something that you had? considered like before covid and how big of a deal that was because like i I never had but i don't know if i ever i'd never i never thought about league in that way until recently until like i started like for that i'll tell you what last october at world finals when they had fans in china right Mm -hmm. they had like a limited capacity thing going on in the uh at the the world finals Mm -hmm. damwon got booed heavily yeah like in a in an opposing country like even as they were taking the trophy they were getting booed by the chinese fans it was like i love that i love that <laughs> yeah part of me is like like all the people on twitter who are like this is so disrespectful have never watched sports once in their life no. okay mm-hmm. not even once like yes you have every right to get booed if you are on like enemy enemy soil 100 percent like there's no chance in hell if you are a Chinese fan you're not rooting for Suning on that day, and mm-hmm. I think when when uh it was 2019 G2 yeah mm-hmm. 19 uh, it was in Europe and G2 was in the finals and mm-hmm. I imagine the European fans I don't recall correctly but they did like begrudgingly give FPX a hand as they won yeah that's fine not mad yeah. about it I'm not mad about either situation but I think if you are walking into the stadium getting your name introduced like. And you're the you know the visiting team for lack of a better term. You should get booed to the end of time. Like you, should. I think that's awesome. I, I, that like yeah, that that atmosphere. We haven't had anything like that in so long. Oh yeah, and that's I mean, what you do. It like that's what makes it fun. If like the the minute Worlds comes to America, I I'd be stunned if the American fans weren't absolutely just like laying into the European teams. Mm-hmm. Like at, at this you know, rate, like, like if 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 G two got back, like can you imagine if like they took back perks or something? Oh my god! And G and G two comes back like in twenty twenty two. Yeah. Then like Niski makes a return. Of, like like even like that match. Like yeah, no, they, they you would get twenty thousand people at Staples Center just roaring at that. Yeah, which would be sick. Should, which it would be, be awesome. would be awesome. Granted, I mean none of this matters if there's no fans thanks to the Delta variant. In the first place, True. but like, True. it's fun to imagine. I there hasn't been an official announcement as to whether or not there will be fans at Worlds 2021. Obviously, um, hope there is because the atmosphere is amazing. But if you know greater circumstances at large prevent that from happening, then so be it. You know, no. But yeah, I I think if they were able to pull off something for 2020, I think they'll be able to pull something off for 2021. Yes, you know, maybe, maybe like a vaccine mandate limited capacity, etc. But I, I'd be shocked if for the finals there were no fans. That'd be crazy. That'd be very hard to believe, especially because mm-hmm. the situation with COVID is better than it was mm-hmm. last October and there were fans at that event. I mean like you said, I mean with with, with no vaccines, which is kind of oh, wild. Yeah, just like completely... like the, the idea right now of like just putting any number of unvaccinated people in a room together and just being like Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, have yeah. fun. I don't know. I think a vaccine mandate for ticket holders is feasible. We've seen it in pro sports. We've seen it in esports. Mm-hmm. Even I think the CDL did it. I could be wrong, but something. Yeah, some yeah. esports league. I know Overwatch League canceled mm-hmm. something recently. But mm-hmm. um, regardless, um, I digress. Yeah. I think a vaccine mandate is a good thing for for mm-hmm. pro sports, especially with how unpredictable new variants of this disease are getting. If that's mm-hmm. what it comes to, then. I'm on board. I'd love to see fans in some sense, but if not, then what are you gonna do? You know, yeah. that's been the slogan the past year and a half. Literally, what are you gonna do? Like, no, no, because there is so little in your control. You, you get vaccinated and you try to encourage your friends to do the same. Um, that's about it. All right, uh, I think that's uh, I think that's gonna do it. Um, yeah, uh, Mike, thank you for uh, for for jumping on and. Uh, and, and making this work, uh, we hope uh, you folks at home enjoyed it. Are excited for uh, for more playoff League of Legends World Championship in a month, maybe later. Actually, because like it 
delayed, I guess, because of the scheduling change, but I hope not. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah. Mike, any, any, any parting words for the good folks at home? No, not really. I mean, I hope, it, I hope, I hope Rose doesn't get delayed. That would be unfortunate, especially considering there'd be so much downtime between games on stage for these pro players. But uh, yeah, yeah, if it does come to that, then once again, we're gonna do. But yeah, parting words. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Literally always. That makes me happy. Thank you. Never, never gets old, bro. <laughs> never. Thank you, man. Um, all right. To uh, yeah, to anyone listening, uh, we are available on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, and Pocket Cast. Yes, I uh, did it all. Um, yeah, give us a give us a review, a comment, uh, you know, five stars, whatever the thing is to do. Please do it. It helps us out a lot. Um, yeah, hit us up on our uh, Twitter handles to, I don't know, drop takes or something, discussions. I don't know. Try to be more active on the on the Twitter account. We say that every week. And maybe maybe we'll actually do it. I don't know. Nice, um, dude. Yeah. Um, oh, CB Low Corner, 30 seconds. Uh, both semifinals were upsets. Uh, Payne and Borax, the two best teams in the league. Uh, both got upset in their semifinals uh, by uh, Renska, which brought in a Korean mid-jungle um, and were a bit of a meme team. They were playing from their offices on the other side of the country uh, all through the regular season on 100 ping. Um, one of the two Koreans uh, doesn't speak any, you know, whatever, whatever neutral language they use, whether it's Portuguese or English. Um, and he gets everything like live translated through the other Korean, um, like while playing League of Legends which is the most inefficient way to communicate. Oh yeah. But, uh, but they beat pain, the defending champions uh, in five games. And it was, uh, it was electric um, and taken on uh, red Canids who they, they got a roster full of like really like experienced guys. They kind of felt like team liquid to me in that, like they just never hit their ceiling. Uh, but, and, but then in their last g- going into playoffs, they swapped out their mid laner for an Academy mid laner and just said, all right, first game on stage. Here we go. Best of five. If we lose, we're going home. And he's played out of his effing mind. Cled mid threw that out, uh, you know, in, in a clincher. Say so, less. Yeah. Uh, so that guy's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. See, I don't have confidence in either one of those teams to do well internationally, but it'd be really, really cool if they did. Here's the strat. Let's put it that way. If Renska makes worlds, right? Everyone else mm-hmm. in the LEC studio in Berlin, Renska plays from London. 100 ping. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the plan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you back here next week.